The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Discussion, your home for comic book talk every week, right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, alongside, as always, Ghoul Noten for Spooptober. That's right, <laughs> Ghoul Noten. And I'm joined by Monster Mash Johnson. I like that. Man, you're creative. <laughs> you got some creative stuff going on. Uh, I definitely dig it. But hello, everybody. Yeah, Spooptober month continues. This is week four. Uh, and we have one more week of this, man. Loaded month. Loaded month of panel discussion yeah. podcasts. And, yeah, we're doing good. This one's a fun one, too. Uh, last week, we just did Classic Monsters. Uh, and, and this week, this is going to be a really good one. Uh, horror takes on some of our favorite characters, essentially. And I've got some really good books. I know Greg's got some really good books. And, and yeah. Yeah. We're going to get to it in a little bit. Uh Okay, we're going to get into our readings then. Um, my first book uh, that I'm going to review for this one, actually both of these books are going to be Marvel Zombies, uh, essentially, but uh, Greg actually reviewed a Marvel Zombies book a couple months ago, well, several months ago, and it looked, came out really well. So I am excited to to cover this one. I was immediately grafted in by the, the cover for it, uh, I'm going to say it's Marvel Zombies Dead Days Full. And this is pretty much the or, the one-shot origin story to the entire Marvel Zombies storyline. Uh, but the cover is awesome. It's Cyclops holding his own head while it shoots yes. optic. Uh, zombie Iceman, Zombie Wolverine, and it looks like Zombie Archangel in the background too. I can't tell. He's kind of cut off. But, um, but yeah, this is the entire precursor to the Marvel Zombies uh, storyline. So it starts off, Spider-Man is swinging through the cities, uh, swinging through the city, but um, he's in he's in a lot of pain. He flies in, he swings into his apartment where uh, Aunt May and Mary Jane are watching him. They obviously know, you know, what's going on, but Sp- he's holding his shoulder. He's holding his shoulder. He got bit by Colonel America. Uh, and Aunt May. A piece of popcorn? <laughs> hey, popcorn, right. popcorn chicken baby uh <laughs> colonel america that sounds like that sounds good uh but Aunt may walks away goes to get some peroxide and um mary jane's freaking out because uh, he's like yeah you got you know what's going on the avengers are all zombies now there's eating and attacking people left and right and then Spider-Man, he's just like, he starts to throw up. Mary Jane wants to just leave the city, uh, and Spider-Man starts throwing up. He's like, oh, I'm not feeling good. And then he attacks Mary Jane. He starts to eat her. It's insane. And then Aunt May walks out. Peter, what are you doing? And and Spider-Man's like, oh, you know, I can't contain the hunger. Go lock yourself in the bathroom. I can't control myself. Um, and then it flashes to the Avengers, who are just marching through the city, all of them zombies, every last one of them. Uh, pretty, pretty insane visuals, I must say. Uh, 
And then it goes to Asteroid M, where Magneto is blaming himself. What have I done? Uh, he sent a some kind of virus. Um, they wanted to – essentially, Magneto wanted to kill off the Homo sapiens and make it – make Earth a little bit better for uh, metahumans, mutants uh, alike. And Magneto, you know, we've doomed the entire planet is what he says. And Magneto actually plans to head down to Earth and, and do what he can to save it. Uh, Nova is flying by. We're back in New York City. And Nova's flying by. He looks inside uh, Peter Parker's window and sees him eating not only Mary Jane, but his Aunt May. And, oh dude, it's insane. It's insane. And then Spider-Man charges after him. Uh, and they're fighting back and forth. Uh, Daredevil joins Nova to try and fight Spider-Man. Nova's just like, he, he, he can't even function. He just doesn't know what's going on. Uh, but in the fight, Spider-Man bites Daredevil. And yeah, it's getting worse. Um, Colonel America, I really don't know what the, what this guy's deal is. I don't know if it's Captain America just under a different name or, or what. Uh, I'm not entirely sure of his origin story. He's got Captain America's attire on. Um, but yeah, he's leading the charge. And like the one thing I would, I didn't realize is that they still have their consciousness pretty much when they eat, you know, they, they can think level headed. They still have their intellect. Um, you know, they could still think normally, but the hunger is just too much sometimes. Um, and they're, you know, thinking a way of a way to kind of cure themselves and they really can't, but uh, the X-Men, the they show head to Xavier Institute for higher learning, and the X-Men are fighting off uh, some zombified Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Uh, looks like Wendigo and a couple others, but Storm, Colossus, Cyclops uh, are all fighting off some of these characters. And while the mid-fight, Magneto comes down and starts sending, sending like metal beams and all sorts of stuff through their heads. Like it's very visual, um, and he wants to come down. It's very visual. He wants to come down and help, uh, and he tells them that you know they have to they have to get along. Professor Xavier's been eaten like completely, uh, ripped him to pieces, and Magneto's like, "Yeah, I gotta help you out." Uh, then they show giant, or excuse me, well, it's it's Hank Pym, and him and Black Panther are running through the streets. They're battling. Uh, and Black Panther notices that Pym got bit, and Pym's like, ah, "You got me. You had just had to notice it." So he turns into giant. He blows up uh, into his giant form, grabs Black Panther, and squeezes him. He's like, "Yeah, I know this is going to happen eventually. I'm going to turn into one of these, and I need a snack <laughs> as soon as I <laughs> as soon as I turn." So he's got Black Panther just ready to go and primed. Uh, but Nova's flying away and, you know, the X-Men are battling. It's, it's just chaos everywhere. Reed Richards is holding Franklin, uh, who got turned to a zombie as well because, well, he didn't get turned to a zombie. He got pretty much eaten by She-Hulk, who's a zombie. And, uh, Sue, Invisible Woman, blows up her head, gets the guts all over the thing. 
Uh, Thor's down there fighting. He's fighting a couple different people. It's it's legit all over the place. But uh, the Fantastic Four come and pick up Thor and Nova to get them out of there uh, because they're amassing on the shield helicarrier where every hero who hasn't been contaminated um, turned into a zombie is there being led by Nick Fury. Uh, <laughs> all over the place. Then they cut back to the Avengers. They're at an Avengers mansion, and they're all eating Jarvis. <laughs> oh no! He's just laying on the ground, and they're all eating him. Uh, it's oh man, it's it's really something. Uh, cut cuts over. Nick Fury's trying to recruit Doctor Doom, and he goes, "No." I'm good. I need nothing to do with this. Uh, it can't, it won't affect Latveria, so I don't care. Uh, back on the helicarrier, Reed Richards, Bruce Banner, and Tony Stark are all researching for a cure, how to fix this. And Reed actually gets very, very curious. Um, he's looking into one of the bodies of these zombies, uh, and he's like, "Man, you know, these are actual improvements for for humans." Like he's like, yeah, it improves the, the human design. Uh, and his explanation is this, uh, you know, organize that humans are organized organisms designed to process organic matter and transfer it into fuel um, for our bodies. But these guys are more advanced. They use far less energy. The zombies do most bodily functions are, are shut down. Not necessarily, not necessary any longer, yet they still retain mobility and all of their intellect. Uh, and their brain is functioning. Sue walks off. She's like, I can't believe you're saying this. Tony Stark is creating a way. Uh, he knows that it can't be saved. He's trying to find a way to escape Earth, whether it be through the negative zone, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, showing a giant battle. All the here, all Earth's living heroes are battling the zombies. And Nova gets bit. Then Wolverine gets bit by Colonel America and Hawkeye. Magneto's down there, and he's throwing metal all over the place. And then uh, Reed brought the rest of the Fantastic Four in as explaining to them um, that their fate as turning into zombies is it's you just have to accept it. And he actually uh, he's like, oh, it's 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 evolution. It's not an infection. It's evolution. And he says that he infected all of them already. With the virus, oh, like, yeah. So Thing, Sue, and Johnny are all throwing up uh, and turning into zombies, and they all go after him. And he's just like smiling as they start to bite him uh, and turn him into a zombie. It's really, really creepy. Then uh, the Fantastic Four they bust out into the rest of the helicarrier. They attack. Uh, Tony Stark, who doesn't even have time to suit up into his Iron Man gear. He gets eaten a lot, eaten up. Uh, then the Fantastic Four go after uh, some other character, Nick Fury, Doctor Strange, Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, and Thor. And they eventually break through and, and, and get those characters as well. And uh, this book ends with Mr. Fantastic going, uh, what do we do now? We take what's left of this machine back to the Baxter building. We, re- we rebuild it and get to work on finding another dimension. Cause they know like, ah, oh, the food's going to run out. So we have to go to another dimension and eat all these, you know, people from there. We're going to be out of food soon. And besides it's our responsibility to spread the gospel. And that's how, that's how it ends. Uh, 
yeah, crazy, crazy book. I'll get right into the review portion of it. Uh, artwork, cover. I, I legit seen the cover and I texted, I messaged you, Greg. I was like, I got to get this. And just the visuals, it's so gory, so in-depth. Uh, <laughs> a little bit blown away. There were some very disgusting visuals in there. Oh, yeah, uh, they do such a good job with the, the whoever does like the artwork for a lot of the zombies books, especially the covers. The covers are my favorite because they're like they almost do this like Alex Ross style art, yeah, but zombies and it's like real, it makes it worse because it's like super realistic looking and I love it. Yeah, they did a great job. This is probably one of the more realistic modern comic books I've ever seen, but um. But yeah, artwork, I have to give a 10 to. It was beautiful. Action. How can I not give it a 10? So much. So much. The heroes are fighting back. There's literally, they can't do anything. And it's just constant violence. Story. <laughs> wow. Uh, this might actually get a perfect score. I'm not going to lie. You know what well, it, is. The, it is? It is. You know who the writer is? Kirkman. It's the Walking Dead writer. Yeah, man. So. He did a great so job. Um, yeah, I have to give it a perfect 50 all the way around, man. It was – it's something. It's it's really amazing. If if you haven't read it yet, I've never read Marvel Zombies until preparing for this episode. Um, yeah, give it, a, give it a read. It's it's amazing. Perfect score for me. But um, all right, Greg, you are next. Okay, I'm going to do my newer – well, no, they're both pretty even on – Time. I'm going to do this first book. Uh, this is a hundred-page collection of Swamp Thing stories. Um, I'm just going to really cover two of them in depth and just talk about the other ones a little bit. Um, but I'm a big Swamp Thing fan, um, especially as recently. I was really bummed about the show, but the show, if you know, if you got to watch it at all, is a horror, like dead on. So. The fact that there is a Swamp Thing Roots, uh, it's called Swamp Thing Roots of Terror. There's a Swamp Thing Halloween storyline, basically. And there's, I think there's another one of this with other characters that weren't just Swamp Thing. But this is the Swamp Thing-centric one, and I I, I'm, I had a lot of fun with this. I'm going to read the first story. Um, the Talk of the Saints is the first one, and it's written by Tom King, who wrote Heroes in Crisis. Uh, and it's just... In the beginning, um, for it, the name is awesome because it's actually he's listening to like a radio show, um, and it's just playing in the background. And it's the Saints have beat the Gotham Knights, um, forty-two to fifteen. It's just a guy talking kind of about everything that happened um, in the game, and you see leaves falling, and um, it turns to snow, and you just see Swamp Thing walking. Um, carrying a child. And uh, there was this like quote about monsters, about this guy getting a concussion saying a monster got him. And Swamp Thing's carrying a child through this storm. And the child asks Swamp Thing if he's a monster and he's telling him he's not. Um, and then Swamp Thing like pulls his hand off, puts it on the ground and it turn it starts to catch on fire and he grows a new hand and that's how he makes a fire for them, which I thought was super cool. It's really different. <laughs> um and he's just 
telling him about the green and the little boy is saying like, do you remember this? And like consistently like Swamp Thing just doesn't remember anything. And this boy is just telling him about how he was scared and, and all of this stuff. And like that, um, um, the snow monster was trying to get him and Swamp Thing saved him and he's a hero. And then they get attacked by a bear and like Swamp Thing, the bear is trying to fight it off, trying to get it to go away. And he kills it and says, when the snow melts, I'll help you, like, I'll guide you to the green. That's really, he, like, has it on the ground, and a spike comes out of his chest and shoots through the bear's throat and out into the back of its head, which is kind of crazy. Um, and he leaves it there dead. And the boy's like, you saved me. You're a superhero. And Swamp Thing pulls him close and uses the blood to keep him warm. Um, oh. Kind of weird. A <laughs> little, awesome. little bit. A little bit. But... He's like telling Swamp Thing, like you need to find grass so you can, you can be strong and you can become a superhero again and fight this this snowman, the snow monster. Um, and it, it every like panel is like a different day. It's like cutting, cutting, cutting. Swamp Thing, they come across like a human, and the human shoots um, Swamp Thing in the head and actually threatens to kill the little boy. And even says like, I don't know how you still have meat on your bones. Like you should be like rotting away and Swamp Thing takes the, the guy out. Um, and then it's just shots of them running and the little boy like falls in the snow and Swamp Thing like pulls him out and has to cut off his leg because he has frostbite. And the little boy calls him a monster, but then it cuts forward again. And they're just sitting and eating and he's talking about how Swamp Thing saved him and Swamp Thing's like feeding him berries that he's growing off of his hand. Um, and the little boy does have both of his feet. Um, and it just keeps going and going and Swamp Thing is like getting thinner and thinner and constantly again saying he doesn't remember, he doesn't remember and finally there's this scene and he just tells the little boy like I can't carry you anymore I can't carry you because you are the monster like you're not aging you're not getting sick like we've been running for years and nothing's changed like you're a boy you should be dead and he like gets down on his knees and like hugs him and he goes like, um, I don't want to hurt you. I want to help you, but like, I have to kill you basically. And he does the same thing he did to the bear and like a spike drives through this child's chest and the kid's got to be like 10 years old. Um, and he just lays there and the kid like melts away into a puddle and Swamp Thing recaptures into the ground and it cuts back. And I thought this was awesome. It cuts back to the, um, the football game. And he's, it's talking about like a quote that the guy is saying, like, um, and it really plays with it. And he's saying like, oh, uh, he could have put it on his shoulders like a real leader does. Like, like, I know this isn't PC, but I'm saying it like a man does. And he says, instead we get, ah, it was a monster. Newsflash people, there's no such thing as monsters. They don't exist. All right. All, all you do, that's on you. You want to blame someone? Look in a mirror, people. What do you see? There's nothing to be afraid of. The only monster out there is you. And it's like saying all this as like Swamp Thing like walks into the water. And I thought that was super cool. Um, and then the second story is these kids like are running around in masks, yelling trick or treat and hitting things with sticks. And this girl comes across and goes like... Um, you look like monsters, but there's no such things as monsters unless I'm wrong. And she like reveals, and she goes, I've met a monster before. 
and talks about how she like wanted to see what was on the other side and like took a boat to the other side and was attacked by these beasts. And there's like an image of her like getting thrown off a river by this giant like crocodile shark monster almost getting eaten and then saved by Swamp Thing. And um, it cuts back and he says, you've seen too much and removes her eye. And then the little it cuts back to this girl in modern day and she's talking and she goes, monsters exist. And there's three boys tied up to um, a tree, like begging for help. And out of the leaves, Swamp Thing rises up and attacks the three monsters, the three people wearing masks and their masks come off. And they're actually like monsters that walked through the, the portal that's made while, while it's Halloween because it's more open. And he starts fighting these like, they're like, they look like children, but they're totally pale when their masks are off. They have no eyes and just like giant teeth. And he's like ripping them apart and ends up like wrapping his like, vines around all their skulls and like crushing them and then scares the children away and tells them never to come back and the girl is like there and she's fading into leaves herself and you realize she's a ghost um and he says for the fight to come people don't need to be scared of the monsters but scared of me and it ends and then there's a whole bunch of other stories there's a Solomon Grundy short story there's like a a love story that is very like old school classic monster and there's a couple others and it's really good i i enjoyed this it's a fun little halloween read um i will grade it it's hard because it's a couple of stories but based off the ones i read um i will give first i'll start with the art it's a couple artists across the board but i really like all the art in this book it's all different it's all all of it's really pulo worked on some of it who's one of my favorite artists if you're familiar with the Scott Snyder run of Batman, Capullo's on a lot of that. Um, so I'm going to give the art an eight. Okay. Action. Whole bunch of suspense, whole bunch of action. You never really know in all the stories. It's super fun. Um, I really like the first story. The first story is probably my favorite one out of all of them on here. Um, I'm going to give the action a, a seven. Noted. Because of the first story, especially, I'm going to give a solid nine. Um, I think every story in here is so different and so unique and shows a different side of Swamp Thing. And I think that's done super well. Um, but that first story is just incredible. If that was the only issue I read, like, I would be happy. Um, story, dialogue, another nine for the dialogue. Another nine. All right. And then rereadability a seven. I think this is a solid book to just like see the different sides of Swamp Thing. And like again, if someone's never heard of Swamp Thing, this would be a cool book for them to read, actually. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give that a seven. Very good. Forty out of fifty for uh, for Swamp Thing. Not too shabby. Not too shabby, man. We've had some really good reads this month. I do got to say that. Uh, I can't say we've had. I can't say we've had a terrible book. I'm not gonna lie. All right. I think it's like it, it's it's it never occurred to me before, but like reading a comic book horror book is actually like really probably one of my favorite ways because you get the your imagination can kind of run wild like it would with a novel, but right. you still have this like porting imagery 
to drive it as well. So like you can, like the sounds and certain things can, can, you can kind of leave that to imagination, but with the imagery provided by a comic book, um, it even adds to it even more. So I think it like really lets you, you kind of freak yourself out a little bit. And like, I remember reading that Joker book and like in my head, I could hear like the bugs crawling and hearing his like face sliding across his own flesh and my, like, and like imagining what that would sound like if it was a movie and going like, Oh gosh, that made this even worse. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's really fun to read like comic like comic books like in the horror genre i think it's it's a lot of fun to do that and i i'm really enjoying it it might be one of my new like favorite um types of story to read outside of like classic superheroes yeah i i, I do gotta say i mean c- consistently good um and, and yeah there, there's a little bit of imagination to it uh it's i mean it's not quite like watching a movie but you turn every page there's a legitimate curiosity what what kind of graphic violence am I going to see? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, imagining the sounds and stuff. I think it goes a long way towards uh, to, towards enjoying these books is, is basically what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, without further ado, I'm going to get into my second book. This is uh, the first issue of Marvel Zombies. So this is after, pretty much follows, uh, you know, the, the book that I just read. And... Uh, it uh, it starts off with Magneto. He's looking on. He destroyed that machine that the you know everybody wanted to use to jump dimensions and 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 eat other people. Uh, he's very proud of himself. You know? <laughs> Those monsters are trapped in this dimension. And he looks up, and everybody's waiting for him. Spider Man, Daredevil, Thor, Moon Knight, Giant Man, Cap. Luke Cage and a couple others, uh, and Magneto's like, okay, now I got to get moving. He's throwing all sorts of metal at these these, you know, these characters, uh, whipping them around. He throws a giant steel beam through Daredevil's chest, and he doesn't die. Uh, amongst a host of other things, but they're tailing him pretty quick, and Magneto starts to fly away. Uh, Cap, I'll just call. It. I'll just call him Cap. Uh, he grabs onto Magneto's ankle as he's flying away, and Magneto goes, oh, good, you brought the shield, and forces it to cut the top part of Cap's head off. Uh, <laughs> it was a really cool visual. Uh, Spider-Man's got a broken leg. He goes, oh, geez, I broke my leg, like, in half. Uh, <laughs> and he keeps alluding to it, but he actually, Magneto, it's really cool. He takes Captain America's shield, so he's holding it and running through the streets, uh, which is a visual I never thought I'd ever see. Uh, but yeah, he's holding the shield. He's he's hiding. He's ducking for cover. He gets into contact with somebody on Asteroid M, and it appears that uh, some zombies infected up there too. Uh, so he's going, got some dangerous stuff going on. Uh, Magneto goes to. He wants to go underground, so he lifts the sewer grate up, and he didn't. Didn't pay attention. He missed uh, and seen that Hawk. Well, Hawkeye caught him. And Hawkeye's yelling, "He's here! He's here! I found him!" Shoots a uh, shoots a arrow at Magneto. He strikes him, but in turn, Magneto throws the shield and cuts off Hawkeye's head with it. Uh, <laughs> it's a really cool visual. Uh, but Cap, uh, you know, gets his shield back, and Magneto's, you know. Cap's like, oh, I'll take that back. And he was like, keep it, blast him across. And then he gets just, 
he just gets jumped uh, pretty much. It's not a good look. He throws some beams and actually gets attacked by Wasp. Wasp, uh, who's in sh- her shrunken Ooh. form, pops up and then bites Magneto in the neck, and then everybody else prepa- goes to feast on him, legit lipping, ripping him limb from limb. Uh, Hulk comes in. Hulk is hungriest. Mutant man is Hulk's food. Takes a leg and just starts eating Magneto's leg. And they're all just, they're all just having a piece. Like there's nothing left. Uh, and they cut to all the zombified heroes relaxing. Uh, Hulk is down to Bruce Banner's form, and he's got a leg sticking out of his stomach. Uh, <laughs> Daredevil still got a hole in his chest, and you know they're just they're they're talking. Spider Man's in panic mode. He's like, you know, I can't believe this. Like I ate my wife and aunt. And, you know, he's like, I just want to die. And everyone's just like, you know, just calm down, calm down, this and that. And then Luke Cage looks up and he sees something flying overhead. And it's uh, it's Silver Surfer. And Luke Cage goes, that's what I saw, jerk. Because uh, Daredevil and some others didn't believe him. And Giant Man goes, uh, yeah, more food. And that's how the book ends. So they're kind of going for Silver Surfer, uh, which is particularly interesting as to how that would go. But, um, yeah, craziness, craziness. But overall, a very good read. Artwork, I mean, it, it, this honestly might get – it's it'll be pretty close to, to perfect if it isn't perfect. The artwork still the same, uh, really great. Action, you know what, yeah, it's, it's a perfect 50. Uh, just the same as the other one. A little bit shorter, a little bit shorter, but everything worked. The dialogue, the the action is very graphic. The story is great, and I'd pick this book up again in a heartbeat. So, yeah, perfect 50 on my end. The story is flawed. You want to know why? How the heck why did Luke Cage get infected? <laughs> His skin's impenetrable. He might Well, he might have ingested something. I don't know if he got mm-hmm. bitten. Okay. Like, kind of like Reed answer. Richards did. So. I don't know. Good answer. My other question is, if wasps bite someone when she's tiny, do they still turn? Because then that that could be terrifying. Because she could just be like a zombie mosquito, and I, I that makes zombies real scary. Yeah, that's the last thing I want. That's the last thing I want to deal with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what she is. Uh, yeah, that's creepy. They got they got Magneto good. Yeah, but, I think, um, so I know you had mentioned it earlier, but I had gotten semi-distracted. I've read two Marvel Zombies book on this. I read Marvel Zombie, which is actually about the zombie character. That's um, right, yeah. Universe, and then I read Ash vs. the the Marvel Zombies on here as well from Evil Dead. Um, so I've read both of those books on this show, but I haven't actually touched the, like the main continuity Marvel Zombies. So that, dude, that's it's... the first that you're covering it. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. I think you would really enjoy it. I really do. Oh yeah, I'm super excited for the new one. It's I forget what the, they originally it was going to be like Marvel Zombie Res or Revival or something. Now it's Resurrection, but I, I'm excited to see what they do with it, especially now um, with like the popularity of Marvel. What risks they're willing to take and like what characters show up. I would love to see a Zombie Squirrel Girl with Zombie Squirrels. That's like. That's just me, though. <laughs> that would be cool. I would definitely pay. I, I would buy all the books. Yeah, 
like tippy toe is a zombie the little squirrel like just great like a zombie great leg avengers book could actually be really funny oh man i, I want it so, start being a storyline writer then let's make it happen hey marvel hire me <laughs> even though i think dc is superior hire me Oof. that would yep. be the that would be you the just, way it would go you just shot yourself with the foot all right <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, I'm gonna hop in my other book. This is another newer book. It's from 2018. It's another um, collection story, but it is, does drive the main storyline. This is a Justice League dark book. Um, something I've wanted to cover on the show. Something I've just wanted to read. I really like the idea of like a. I'm a big supernatural fan. I'm a big fan of that kind of stuff, especially when it crosses with superheroes. So I just have wanted to read these books and haven't really had a chance. And this was a good excuse to hop into one. And I right away hopped into like this weird, like tales from the crypt style story. So I'm excited. Um, this is justice league dark number seven. Who dares defy the other kind. Uh, and this is from 2000, the 2018 run. I think this book came out in 2019 though. Um, and it starts with man bat kind of just like, He's not the man bat we know from like the cartoons. He's got like long hair and he's sitting in like a robe drinking wine and typing on a typewriter or he's drinking whiskey and typing on a typewriter talking about these monsters that are scared of another creature. And he's like, what do you like? What monster is scared of something else? Like what do monsters fear? Um, And he mentions these creatures called the other kind that consume all magic on earth. Um, and have begun a war in the shadows. And he starts telling these tales. And it's really well done. He's very like Crypt Keeper-esque. And it's I love his look in this. Um, And it talks about this man. Shows up to this hotel called the Morning Star. Um, And you get the idea. It's this like, I almost get like a dominatrix vibe from it. And the woman at the front her face flashes real quick and she's got like all of these eyes like coming out of her head. Like it's really creepy. Like they're just slits open up and then it cuts back and she's just a normal woman. And she has like a, like a demon esque tale. Um, and the story is called the soup. Then it cuts back again. And Zatara or Zatanna rather Zatara um, is sitting there and she's talking to a lesser demon known as the first of the fallen trying to make a deal because she's actually been struggling keeping her magic astray or keeping her magic in check um, since these creatures have showed up and this guy's like well i know etrigan's trying to make a deal but i'm not interested because but i could use you like a, a person of your kind and then all of a sudden this creature known as the soup shows up and he is this like green like humanoid like shaped like a regular human but he's a blob like full of floating intestines and he's got an eyeball and like there's just like a jaw in there a skull and he's holding this woman we saw at the beginning by her head and she's saying like he made me watch he went room from room and made me watch like is this what fear feels like this he's holding this demon and he crushes her head and she turns into the same soup that he's made out of um and she just falls to the ground and the first of the fallen makes Zatara disappear. 
or Zatanna dis- disappear. And he's trying to make a deal with her. And he goes, well, you know what? Like for the snap of my fingers, the gates will open and you're done for. Um, and as they open, this soup again, like begins pouring out of the doors he opens. And the soup says, I did hell first. And then grabs him by the head and he just see him scream as he turns the mush. Uh, <laughs> so cool. And then it cuts to another one right away. Um, and there's a, a man sitting on the top uh, known as I Vampire, another DC Comics character, um, Andrew Bennett. And he is searching for this vampire queen. Um, and he ends up finding a vampire and dusting him right there where he stands, like shoving, like we said earlier, shoving the stake through his heart. And he's the monster's turning into dust. Um, and he's captured by Swamp Thing and my favorite member of Justice League Dark, Detective Chimp. Um, and Detective Chimp like is making fun of I Vampire's name, which is great. He's like, "How am I even supposed to like call you that? You should just go with like Vampire Man or something else easy to swallow." Um, but he's a good one, Swamp Thing. Like, let him go. And Swamp Thing saying like he's a creature that like we shouldn't let go, and like you can't go where you're trying to go. The creatures inside that tomb are um, no longer like part of your story, Andrew. And Andrew's like, well, there's vampires in there, and I'm going to go after them. And he turns in the mist and flies into the tomb. And when he does, he he looks up, and, like, all of the pillars are made out of, like, flesh. Like, moving faces and, and like, noses and hands. And, like, everything is made out of, like, this skin. And he looks for it, and there's these creatures just, like, bodies attached. Like, like just head there's two heads that are like together and like trying to split apart but still together with like a million arms and all these other bodies like pouring out of the back of them and they just like the first head has head says join and the second head says us and andrew turns back in the mist and shoots out of the building and it says um for the first time in many years andrew bennett prayed and it's just like him like like crying in tear uh in terror rather in fear um, as he flies off, which super cool. The next story shows um, my one of my favorite teams in the DC Comics, Frankenstein and the Creature Commandos, and um, they are investigating a submarine that there was reports of recording with the sound of small teeth ripping through flesh. Um, and the message had made its way to Shade, which is the superhuman advanced defense executive. Um, kind of like their like supernatural shield. And it shows this team um all there, and also involved is Wonder Woman, who's a part of the Justice League Dark, um, through the Witching Hour story. And I really like this Wonder Woman because it's she's in her normal gear, but she's always got this like brown cloak over herself, and I just like the way it looks. And they're going through and all of these people are like ripped apart. Their organs are all eaten from the outside or eaten from the outside or inside out. And they come across a body and it's the first time they've ever seen another kind attack um, people who didn't have magic. And Frankenstein says, well, here's one we can kill now. And there's just this body with no head, but there's no like gore where the head was. It's just no head. And he's got all these stitches on it. But as they like begin to move forward towards it, there's like lumps start forming up and the body stands up and tears open. And these like reptilian lizard things start 
they're like little, little people though. They're very small, like action figure size, start jumping on them and like eating Frankenstein from the inside out. He's telling them to run. Like, he's like, I can come back to life. Like I don't, I don't die, but you guys need to go. And it's literally like, he's getting torn apart. He's like crawling forward. He takes the nuclear key off one of the character, one of the, the dead men. He goes, I'm going to launch the nuke in here. Like pray. You never know what's, what's doing this right now team like just pray and it's such a cool visual because he's got like a monster crawling out of his mouth one crawling out of his eye one where his arm used to be these two like popping out of his head i'll have to save the image for you and send it over um it's really really cool and then that's that story and the last one is the rip and it's all written in backwards talk which if you know like zatanna and zatera that's actually how they cast magic and it's really cool because there's a, like a lot of the story is written that way and it shows this like mind flayer-esque character um from uh like stranger things it's just this creature made of shadow but he's got these like tendrils shooting out of his body made of like like this purple flesh with like mouths and eyes on it and they are fighting them back at sargon the sor the sorcerer um and Zatara are trying to fight this or this rip, and he has the ruby of life. Um, and when he pulls it off his head, he just turns into dust. And Zatara is trying to use it to summon Zatanna, and it cuts there. And this creature is like terrifying. Um, and it goes back, and now uh, Manbat is the one holding. All of a sudden, the ruby shows up in front of his face. It's like, oh, it's the ruby, like the story I just told. Like, I have, I must be the one to have to tell the story. And as he says this, this like creature starts to fall from the ceiling, no eyes, and just holding its like mouth up, or its finger up to its face. It has no eyes, no mouth. And it's just like completely pale up top, um, and pants, and it's just like hanging in the ceiling above him. Um, and as man back gets up and turns the lights off, all, all it says is click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. And then that's the end of the book. It was Ooh, good. That's really a good, really that's a good way to close it. This, uh, this book, I'm going to actually match you. This is a perfect score. Okay. I really, this is a fun way to introduce a villain that's going to be playing through your stories for one. Um, and two, it's just so different than what I would expect picking up like, even even if it's Justice League Dark, it's just not what I expect picking up a Justice League book. Um, I really liked everything about it. The dialogue was really well done. I love the nod back to like the old um, Tales from the Crypt style. And they did such a good job at like including their characters in these stories as well. But these are some interesting, creepy villains. Like something I've never seen before. And I think they did such a good job with this. Like this was just fun. Like all of the villains had like, this unique, terrifying look. Um, and I'm, I dug this a lot. And like I said, such a cool way to introduce a villain to a storyline. Like that's, that's something special. Like, like I don't, I don't, I think that would be cool to see on like a TV show too, but like you can do it as well as you can in comic books. So I'm a big fan. Okay. I really, really like this book. Um, and it makes me want to start this from the beginning. Justice League is killing it right now between this and Scott Snyder's Justice League that's running. Like, um, I, just, I really like the ongoing storylines they have. 
Excuse me. Very good. Very good. Another, I mean, more salad books. More salad books for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. That came that's, through. That, that. <laughs> that's not getting cut out either. That's not getting cut out either. The last Our, monster in my story was called The Rip. And there he was. There he was. He made an appearance on our podcast, first cameo. Um, awesome. So on that note, we will be shutting this episode down. Uh, next week is the end of Spooptober. Next week is the end. And yeah, we will man. be covering – actually, Greg, why don't you tell them what we're going to be covering next week? Is this because you don't remember what we're covering next week? No, I know very well. I feel like you planned it. You should get the honors. We will be covering movie monsters. We're going to find some classic um, movie comic books, and we are going to read those. I know I've seen Alien. I've seen Predator. I've seen – I have a Nightbreed comic, which is pretty awesome. Um, All sorts of different stuff, and we are going to cover that. I'm super excited to dive into some stuff that we're not used to seeing on a comic book page. Um, Instead, we're used to on the movie screen. I'm really excited to kind of – to check that out and, and see how those play out. Um, I'm kind of hoping I find some stuff that I wouldn't normally read too. Um, and, and I'm just really excited for this. I'm really pumped. Um, we, I will be doing probably an extra episode covering Archie afterlife because I just read that and it's killer and it really stinks that it cut on epi- or on issue 10. But um, I will be covering that separately because I really, really liked that. But yeah, I'm excited monster movie or new age movie monsters we covered classic last week so next week we're going to be jumping into our jason freddy's michael's alien all those kind of things and i'm really pumped yeah we should yeah listeners should be man it's going to be a good way to close out spooptober uh yeah thank you all for your support over this over this month and and yeah we have so much more good stuff in the future plans uh if you haven't going to cover strictly bird like avian themed superheroes for thanksgiving right like that's it no i'm kidding (laughs) we totally can we totally can nothing like black canary hawk man bird man (laughs) falcon yeah maybe we we will do that (laughs) yeah again just spit but you're an idea guy spitball good ideas but um all right yeah that does it for us for this week and we'll talk to you next week right here on the panel discussion